Hello everybody, my name is Mark Everington. I am a Senior Associate Family Law Solicitor at Raiden Solicitors and welcome to Mark's Magic Moments. This is a podcast aimed for anybody wishing to gain further insight in understanding issues that arise in family law with, for the purpose of this podcast, having a particular focus for the first season on resources to support those parents who are going through or experiencing a separation. So I'm delighted to welcome our special guest, who is Denise Ingemels. Now, she was a major factor in creating the Separated Parents Information Programme, which is what we are going to talk about today. So, Denise, first of all, I'd like to welcome you to the podcast. Well, thank you, Mark. It's an honour to be here today. And thank you for inviting me. That's an absolute pleasure. So I think we're going to get straight to it, really. So do you just want to explain to our listeners what is the Separated Parents Information Programme? Well, the Separated Parents Information Programme, or um, as it's sort of widely known, the SPIP, was actually implemented in early 2009. And it's been regularly updated based on feedback since then. The idea behind it is that it's a programme that really helps parents become clear about what their children need most from them as separated parents. I mean, on the SPIP, we teach basic communication skills and the main aim is really to keep children out of the middle of parental conflict. I mean, essentially, parents are encouraged to recognise that much as you'd like to, you can't control the other party or your child's other parent. But there might be just some small adjustments that they can make, which might influence what happens and and thereby reducing conflict for them and their children. And the Separated Parents Information Programme is something me as a family lawyer is very familiar with because it is a programme that's been endorsed by the Family Court now for a number of years, um, as you say, to try and support parents and to reduce the parental conflict that could have a negative impact on the children. And I guess what I've seen over the past couple of years is the change in approach to the Separated Parents Information Programme in that not only now is the programme available to parents who go through the court process, but also parents can now gain access to the programme early on in their separation And is that something you've seen, Denise, in your practice over the last couple of years? Yes. I mean, certainly now people can actually pay to attend the SPIP if it's not been court-ordered or recommended by CAFCAS. And certainly we are seeing far more people attend the programme in that way than we ever did before. And essentially what that means is that we have a mixture of people in groups. Some people have been through the court system for a long time and other people are sort of very early on in their sort of journey. And, and actually it, what it means is, is that people can actually help each other and sort of better understand where they might be headed. Essentially, the, the programme itself is delivered over four hours or four and a half hours, including breaks. We try to have a mixture of applicants and respondents or mums and dads 
and parents don't attend the same group as as their ex-partner, which is often people's biggest concern, really, because in doing that, it allows them to sort of speak more freely. The groups, when we were delivering them face-to-face, they were tended to be groups of between sort of six and 12 people. But more recently, well, over the last year or so, we've been delivering them online and we delivered them to four or five people. And actually, people feel really quite confident in sort of taking part in the program online and because they're doing it from the comfort of their own homes. The other thing I I wanted to say really was that it is confidential. So we don't report back as to whether we think anybody's a good or a bad parent. Obviously, there are exceptions to that if we think anybody's at risk. But essentially, people sort of find that they can speak freely without judgment and people take an awful lot from it. So you've given a really good explanation in terms of how long the program is about obviously the parents attend separate programs, that it's available online and also face-to-face is is available as well. So could you just give an explanation to our listeners as to what the program actually covers from start to end? And because I, I've attended the program myself, so I, I can appreciate it. You know, that can take a very long time to explain that. But could you try and summarise it as best as you can, please? Yeah, I mean, I, I suppose what I'd like to say is essentially the SPIP is about trying to help parents make things better for their children. We try to sort of help people think about whether court is actually the right place for them as we go along with the programme because court should really be a last resort and not a first resort. And even when people have court orders, the court can't be with them sort of 24-7 to help them make that work. So that's what we try to do is try to help them think about how they're going to make that work. There are four modules in the SPIP. The first module is really about their journey and it's about really where they're at now and what they're hoping for. And Certainly, if we have a journey, then what we say is, well, what about the highway code that goes along with the journey? So we have, you know, then sort of offer, there's lots of ideas that can sort of help them along with their journey in terms of their children and what their children might be feeling. But also, I think a really key thing is, is a lot of parents that come along find that they're actually emotionally exhausted. I mean, that's the biggest thing that people say, that they are quite exhausted. And so we look at ways that they can actually take care of themselves and so they can actually be the best parent they can be. So that's really the the first module. That's what we're looking at there. The second module that we look at is all about children. And so we look at really what children might need from their parents And we might, for example, think about children in terms of a lot of children might think that when their parents separate and there's high conflict, that it's their fault. And so we look at their own children. So what can happen is during a program is that parents will cherry pick the bits that are relevant to them and leave the bits that aren't. And so different parts of the program will be more relevant to some people than others. And we talk about listening to children and how important it is to actually hear them and to hear their voice. And so we look at things that children need and we look at things that they don't need. And certainly one of the things that they don't need are the sort of 
parental conflict. They don't need to hear parents complaining about or blaming their other parent because children really think of themselves like 50% mum, 50% dad. So if they hear one parent criticising the other parent, it's a bit like they're somebody's criticising a bit of them and it can damage their self-esteem. So we look through that and in that module as well, we show a video and we parents are really encouraged to look at things from the child's perspective. And quite often that's a real eye-opener. The third module that we look at is all about communication. And for some people, their communication is better or, or worse than others. And parents will often give tips to each other on communication and what's worked for them and what hasn't worked for them. And I think that one of the real benefits of the SPIP is that actually parents are with other parents who have been through similar experiences, if not the same. And knowing they're not alone in this actually can be really, really helpful We do talk about safe communication, though, because what we don't want is for anybody to put themselves in a a vulnerable position. So we should talk about direct communication, indirect communication and all the various forms of of communicating and how actually managing our emotions can be really something quite tricky. So we, we look at managing our emotions and how to listen and how to word things. And then the last section that we look at is all about the emotional backdrop behind, you know, all of this. And we look at loss and the different sorts of losses that people can go through, not just the loss of their couple relationship, but also maybe about the loss of expectations or their role as a parent. And then sort of winding it all up, really, we we offer all sorts of resources to parents. So there is a, a book that accompanies the program. We also give links to Kafkas's website, which has got a lot of resources, and also the new Parenting After Parting, you know, Parenting Through Separation book, which is really actually expands on all of that and is really useful. So essentially, that that's it in a nutshell, I suppose. Well, Denise, you, you put that across really well, because as you know, I personally attended the SPIP in a professional capacity to actually see firsthand how it works. And what came across to me, certainly the videos you talked about were very powerful indeed, because I recall one was at a child's birthday party. And I suspect both parents thought it'd be a good idea for them both to attend because it'd be in the children's best interest for them to do so. But it was quite apparent that whilst the parents felt the way they were behaving was best for their children, both of the children were picking up the tension between the parents and whether it was the snide comments or it was even the child making an adult decision as to trying to decide where each parent should sit around the table. And I think sometimes when parents are so caught in the middle of conflict, they're not able to take a step back and kind of see what's happening around them. And that's where maybe the video, for example, really helps and kind of goes, oh my God, that was my situation. Do you know what? That's what happened. I didn't realize what was going on. And then the second thing that really came out for me was actually the dialogue between the participants in the program. So as you said, you've got mothers and fathers 
some parents have gone through the court process all the way to the end. Others are at the early stages. And it was interesting, actually, to see the interaction and to see different parents give different points of view where a particular parent has looked at it and not maybe thought about that because they refused to listen to the to their former partner. So as I said, I, I think it's a fantastic program and you get and talk about communication. It's just so important in the work that I do that often if there's the breakdown in the communication, that's the huge factor in causing the conflict. Is that is that something you would agree with? No, absolutely. I mean, often parents in the program will say, oh my God, I do that. And I didn't realise that I did that actually. And they can really sort of see themselves because it's a non-judgmental space, it actually allows people to feel free to acknowledge some of the, the things we do because we're none of them perfect parents. And I fully acknowledge that I'm not a perfect parent. And I think in a situation when you're separating, sometimes it's exactly as you say, it can be really hard to just take that step back to, you know, to do that. I mean, I think that at the birthday party, that scenario, one of the questions that I asked parents is, do you think it was a good idea for those parents to have a joint birthday party? They didn't argue, but there was a huge amount of tension and underlying sort of sarcasm. And we talk about sometimes how children can pick up on such small things like whenever their other parents' names mentioned, there's that intake of breath and raised eyebrows and tension. And so nothing's actually said. It's just that, you know, there's that tension about the fact that, you know, you're speaking about your child's mum or dad and they realise, well, actually, there's something going on here. And living with that tension can really sort of impact on children. So there's a lot of, the programmes are, I think sometimes people can start off feeling, well, do you know what? It's not me that needs to attend this. It's my ex-partner. But by the time it's finished, they actually really seem to take really positive things from the program. I mean, one of the things I would say that I didn't mention just before when I was talking about these, when we do the section on children, is that what we've got, which is a three-stage model of responding to children. So a lot of parents will say, But what do I do? How do I answer my child when they say this or that? And so we've got this sort of three-stage model of responding because what you can easily do is to either ignore it and distract or just jump straight in and try and solve the problem. So we start off with actually listening to your child and validating what they're feeling before you do anything else. And Also, sometimes I think as a parent, it's okay to say to your child, I'm not not sure about that. Let me think about it, especially when you're faced with something that's really awkward, like, why don't you live together? You know, mummy and daddy, why don't you love each other anymore? Things like that. It's about how would you how would you answer that? You know, especially if one person is smarting because the other person's left and they feel very hurt. It's actually very difficult sometimes to separate out your own emotions from what actually is happening with your child. And so we allow people to reflect and think about 
how they might answer those sorts of questions. And those issues you talk about, they're actually really difficult issues and they're especially challenging when a a parent has just begun that separation process. For example, having that conversation with your children, telling them that mum and dad are not going to be together anymore is is a really difficult one. And this is where perhaps the separated parents information program would be really useful because I think one of the disadvantages of the program is that many parents, they they don't attend the program until they're ordered to do so by the court. But already at that stage, a lot of the damage in terms of the parental conflict between the parents has already happened. The damage has been caused to the children. And yes, they are attending the program now. But certainly the feedback I got when I attended the program is the parents said, well, I wish I got told about this program a lot sooner. So I think the idea of early information for parents, and it's not about being patronising and telling parents how they should parent their children, because that's not what the program's all about, but it's just to provide information and guidance to help them go on this separation journey. And I assume, Denise, that I think if, if you had a magic wand that you would probably want every single parent to go through this program at the point of separation or or shortly after that it's commenced just to try and get that information from the outset and I is is that something you you would agree with oh absolutely absolutely and I think that often parents you know who are early in their journey will actually be quite shocked at where other parents in the program have ended up And so it can be so useful for parents to look at this and think, well, actually, you know, I don't want this to happen for my children. So the earlier, the better. What I would say is that sometimes you need to be emotionally ready for different things. For example, like mediation. Often parents will say, well, I tried mediation and it didn't work. And what that essentially usually means is that one person has actually said no. But quite often, parents will come on to a separated parents information program and they'll change their minds because they think, actually, do you know what? How I communicate with my ex-partner is really important and I just don't want my children to go through this. And we try really hard not to be patronising and not to tell parents what to do because essentially it's their life. So, which is why I say that parents will pick up the bits that are relevant to them and they're encouraged to ask questions. So, if there's anything that's bothering them, they can ask the trainer. And certainly in my programs, I would never say to a parent, well, you must do this. But it's more about, well, have you thought about that? And then they can explore that and be guided rather than actually being told what to do. I think certainly a message to the listeners who are, who are obviously listening to this podcast is just from my experience is that, yeah, if you're going through a separation, you want to co-parent, you want to work with the other parent and you want to avoid a situation whereby you go to court, whether it's the SPIP or it's any other results, do gather that information and take in the information as well to try and as I said, take the best steps you can, because as you said earlier, Denise, no one's a perfect parent. We all make mistakes. And I think many parents who go on this separation journey, they do make mistakes during that process as well. But it's just important getting the the right information, I believe, Denise. 
No, absolutely. And I think that with the resources that parents are given to go away with, as I said before, they're given the SPIP handbook, they're given links to CAFCAS's website and to the Parenting Through Separation booklet that Resolution has just put together. That means that it's not just a standalone program. They've got things that they can look at afterwards so that if there's anything that they're not sure about, they've got good guides to, you know, to go through to the future with, really. And in terms of making a private referral to the SPIP, because I think we both agree that if you can attend the SPIP programme, do it sooner rather than later. Don't wait to be ordered by the court to do so. If someone came to you and saying, I want to, yeah, I want to attend the SPIP, how do I go about doing that? What would you say to them? What I would say is it depends where you are in the country. At the moment, it's not as important because through Zoom, you can attend anywhere. But certainly you can look on CAFCAS's website and look at their directory of providers because all providers of separated parents programs will offer the SPIP privately. I work in Kent for Kent Family Mediation Service and for RCJ Advice. So RCJ Advice is in London. So if you if you were to look at say SPIPs at rcjadvice.org.uk, the the email there, then you can just sort of say, I want to attend a program and you'll be sent a form to fill out and essentially it will be decided if it's appropriate for you or not. Where it's not appropriate would be if there was sort of significant domestic abuse or anything like that because in those cases really a court should decide whether it's you know appropriate or not. So whether there are allegations or non-molestation orders or whatever it is, then it wouldn't At that point, it doesn't mean it's never suitable. At that point, certainly a private referral wouldn't be suitable, but the court might decide that it was. But other than that, what we do is you would fill out the form, you'd fill out the information about your ex-partner as well, and we can contact them to see if they want to attend because the SPIP is actually better if both parents attend rather than just, just one. So, yeah, that's, so that's SPIPs at rcjadvice.org.uk is the firm in London. And what I tend to do with my clients is I often suggest the SPIP at my initial meeting with the client. And I think what I would often say to clients is, yeah, if you go on Google, type in separated parents information program, I think the very first link or certainly in the first couple on Google it's the CAFCAS website that you refer to, Denise. So it takes you to the link. It shows you all the different regions, who the provider of the SPIT program is, and it gives you an email address and a telephone number. So you should be able to get all the information from there. The clients of mine as well, I have a, actually, Denise, I think I have a referral form for your for RCJ advice. <laughs> so obviously any clients that, that wish to use yourself to do the program, they have access to that as well. And certainly I think, yeah, the feedback I've had clients across the country in terms of the use of the SPIT program with obviously the guidance and support of, of Raiden Solicitors is, has been really beneficial. So, yeah, as I said, I'm, I'm really glad that we've had the opportunity to speak about this today. 
Denise, just to finish off, is there anything else you would like to say about the SPIP at all, anything like that? I mean, I think the only thing I would say is that most people are hesitant to begin with because it's something that you've never done before, shared your situation with people you don't know. But the feedback that we get at the end is overwhelmingly positive. It's like 90, 95% of people actually are really positive about it. And I don't know that of anything. <laughs> so what I would say is, you know, to parents that are thinking about it is have a look, have a look on Kafkas's website and read about it. And you can hear about it here and give it a go because it, it's a really good four hours to spend just where else do you get four hours to spend just thinking about your children and and what's best for them absolutely and and denise i think on behalf of myself and, and raiden solicitors thank you very much for taking up your time to talk about the spip and yeah i'm very grateful thank you thank you mark thank you very much for inviting me if you would like to find out more about the themes discussed in this podcast or learn more about raiden solicitors please do visit our website, www.raidensolicitors.co.uk.